0: Even the secular folks in the world see often at baseball games John 3 16 Most people Christian or not know the verse for God so loved the world that he gave his only son That whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life and what they remember is this for God so loved the world It's clear that God loves the world. That is, it's clear in the biblical proclamation. It may not be so clear in the experience of life. It may be a clarity for which we need to be reminded when we're grieving, when we're struggling, when our children are sick there are times when our circumstances can overwhelm our experience of god's love and we need to hear the good news of the gospel proclaimed afresh for us and so let me suggest to you that you hear this john three sixteen in this way God so loves me that he gave his son. Because it isn't just the world we're talking about. It's you. There's another verse in uh, Galatians chapter 3 that says this. You are all God's children through faith in Christ Jesus. Now, I'm, gonna, I'm about to move into a bit of the sermon just for a moment uh, that may make you uncomfortable. I say that because uh, the world doesn't like what I'm about to say, and our culture rejects it. But I want you to know that what I'm about to tell you is biblical, not theological, It is the truth of the proclamation of Scripture. It is a part of the promise of God. That is, that while both things are true, for God so loved the world, and we are made children of God through faith, that is not the same thing. Our world suggests that because we're all loved by God, because we're all as human beings created in the image of God, it talks as if we are all children of God, and we are not. At least, that is not the biblical proclamation. The biblical proclamation suggests that God, in a covenant with Abraham chose the people of Israel to be his chosen people, to be his covenant people, to be his family. Romans today is going to readdress that in some ways that I think we need to hear afresh. But before we move there, we also want to remember this truth about that covenant that I believe over a period of history in the Old Testament, the people of Israel forgot. And therefore, the challenge of the New Testament was to remind them of this truth. And that is in these words from Genesis And through him, meaning Abraham and his offspring, all the nations of the earth. Will be blessed. God's promise to the people of Israel to be the chosen people had as its intention from the very beginning that through that chosen people all the nations would be blessed. All the nations would be invited into this relationship with God that comes through faith. And we see that expressed in Jesus. Here again these words. And foreigners who bind themselves to the Lord, this is Romans, these I will bring to my holy mountain and give them joy in my house of prayer. My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. The sovereign Lord declares He who gathers the exiles of Israel, I will gather still others to them besides those already gathered. And you may recognize that was the Old Testament reading, not Romans. This is God's intention. God's plan for the world from the beginning as he chose the people of Israel to be his chosen people was to work through his people to bless all people. To respond to the brokenness and separation that sin had brought into the world to restore all people back into a relationship with God the Father and to use his people to do so. the people of promise in the Old Testament seem to, at least on occasion, lose their way. On occasion, what we see in the Old Testament is the people of Israel think of themselves as godly and special and loved, and the rest of the world as heathen and dirty and rejected. They saw themselves as having been cleansed and made righteous by God. And if they affiliated with those people, they would be contaminated and dirty and unclean. And so they separated instead of loved, instead of living their lives as an example of the goodness of God, that all glory would go to God because of the goodness with which they were blessed. I say that because the strategy of God has not really changed. And we see that as we move into the New Testament, and as we see that as we move into Romans, and I hope we can see that as we recognize the presence and calling of God upon our lives as his people. Nietzsche... Said these words. It was from the mouth of a madman, and the madman said as follows God is dead. God remains dead, and we have killed him. How shall we comfort ourselves, the murderers of all murderers? What The holiest and mightiest of all, excuse me, what was the holiest and mightiest of all that the world has yet owned, has bled to death under our knives, who will wipe this blood off us? What water is there for us to clean ourselves? What festivals of atonement, what sacred games shall we have to invent? Is not the greatness of this deed too great for us? Must we ourselves not become God simply to appear worthy of it? Circumstances, hardship, evil in the world, causing philosophers to believe there is no God and further articulating that we must somehow become our own gods, even though it is beyond us to do so. I want to suggest that this is hopelessness. And I want to suggest that often our world communicates a word of hopelessness. Bad news. The opposite of gospel good news that brings despair and discouragement. It comes through philosophers. It comes through words of pain and suffering and grief. And it often rings true to the circumstances in which we find ourselves when life is hard. At the end of our time in Tanzania, Marilyn and I went to Moshi to visit the work of Courage Worldwide and Courage House. This is the coffee house that we learned about when we were still in tucson and they were starting to build and it has become a brilliant and beautiful not only coffee house but restaurant and even gathering place we drove in on a friday thinking that we were going to just stop for coffee as we headed to the safari at taren and and what was happening was all of the ngos were having uh this this beautiful like uh uh, uh Not garage sale, but uh, like Harvest Festival. There were people everywhere. There were smiles on faces. There was joy as, as those working for the good of the people were coming together and mutually supporting their work and using their crafts. And it was absolutely gorgeous. Not to mention the fact that Moshi itself is pretty gorgeous. It's a very lush, beautiful green, especially this time of year, compared to a lot of Tanzania, which is a little more desert-esque. And so it was a beautiful place to be. The next day, Marilyn and I visited not the restaurant, but the, let me call it a compound. The place where the people that courage works with the girls are gathered to experience love and counseling and healing and education we walked into the first classroom it was the oldest girls i think they were probably 14 15 maybe 16 years old they had been at courage for a while and i walked in and not to show you how stupid i am but i looked at the blackboard which had trigonometry on it and I didn't understand a word of it these girls were learning advanced math and when we walked in the room they stood up and their shoulders were back and their heads were held high and their eyes were filled with hope and joy and confidence and I was like blessed to be in the room with them And as we continued through, we went to each classroom. And at each successive classroom, we were with younger girls who had been at Courage less time until we walked into the last classroom. and could barely believe our eyes that girls 8 to 10 years old that had been encouraged for about four months, having been rescued out of sex, slavery, and trafficking at 8 years old. Our understanding of the evil that exists in this world washed over us. And what I saw in these little girls' eyes was emptiness, it was fear. Their shoulders were slumped, they looked through the tops of their eyes because their heads were not held high. And it was the only room in which the kids asked if they could sit down before we left. And as I processed that brokenness, The good news of what God is doing through his people began to well up in my heart as I realized that all those girls in the first classroom had been in the last classroom many years ago. I realized that, that this ministry had recognized the need for Patience and consistency and and constant care over multiple years to bring a healing from the brokenness that evil had caused. And that these kids had a future, and a hope because they were surrounded by a group of people so deeply committed to their health and healing that they would have a journey forward that would indeed restore them to children of life and hope. Brothers and sisters in Christ, this phrase, and it's argued whether it's Theodore Roosevelt or Benjamin Franklin, no one no cares how much you know until they know how much you care is a part of what we saw being lived out in the global missions in Ethiopia and Tanzania. This idea that we can speak and share the love of Christ when we do it through actions that show that we in fact care for the well-being of people. And it's rooted in a hope because it's rooted in a God who does not give up, who is almighty, and who can indeed bring healing. It may not happen in 13 weeks of grief care, but it will begin. It certainly is not likely to happen in one sermon on a Sunday morning, but it'll begin. And it comes not only through the faithfulness of God's people, but primarily through the faithfulness of God and His promise and His love for us. And so even though circumstances can break us down, even though circumstances can give rise to voices in our world that say God is dead, I want to suggest to you that we're being offered an identity in Christ that says we belong to Him. It's a part of the promise that is extended to the people of Israel through the covenant of Abraham and is extended to the Gentiles through the adoption through Christ and faith that makes us children of God. It's so easy for us to look at the things we do or have failed to do and think we fall short. It's so easy for us to look at the circumstances of our lives where people have let us down, sometimes in ungodly ways, literally. But we are a people of hope. Because God so loved us that he sent his only son to bring us forgiveness and healing and transformation as he identifies us as his own, surrounds us with the family of God and invites us into the incredible relationship that is the children of God who have a good, good Father in heaven. And so I say to you, brothers and sisters in Christ, we need each other because in our own lives, we need again and again and again and again to hear the reminder that you matter to God, to hear the reminder that God loves you, to experience the love of God through the hands and embrace of God's people. And so we pay attention to how one another are doing. We connect. We stick with. We journey through grief share and other opportunities in grow groups to say, we got you. Because we need to hear again the promise and the faithfulness of the hope that comes from our God who loves us so much that he gave his son for us, and especially in the storms of life. Marilyn and I called my dad last night. My dad lives in Oregon, and we talk, you know, maybe once or twice a month, but we hadn't connected since we got back last week, and so we were calling and connecting, and my dad asked me this question. He said, hey, are you, are you concerned about the storm that's coming? And I said, um, no, not really. Um, it's not likely to reach up here into you know, Central and Northern California. It's really gonna impact more the people in the South, in Mexico, and in Southern California, and probably even into Arizona. We're good. But Marilyn's sister-in-law, who lives in Palm Springs, who was here last week, is not. There's a lot of people throughout Southern California who are not. Even some of my dad's friends who live in India said they're already getting hit by rain. That was last night. The storm hasn't even really landed yet. What am I saying? I'm saying there are things that scare us. There are things that we encounter in this life that are hard, that are terrifying. And brothers and sisters in Christ, we need the reminder of the hope, of the love and power of God to bring healing and restoration into our lives. And God's plan was to use the people of Israel to bring it to all nations. And in the text of Romans today, we learn this truth. It's also God's plan to use the Gentiles who've experienced the gospel to now bring the chosen people back into the fold of God because God's promises do not end even when we give up on God, even when we're discouraged, even when our faith takes a low point, God is faithful. And we as his people need to hear the good news of God's love and power at work in our lives to bring healing and restoration, to bring hope and encouragement. And he does it through you. He's done it over and over again. He will continue to do it over and over again as you share your smiles, as you share your hugs, as you share your prayers, as you share your silent presence in accompanying one another through the daily challenges of this life held steadfast by the unyielding promise and love of God, who is our Savior and claims us as his own. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. I invite you to stand and recognize in song how sweet it is to trust in Jesus.